following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. Well, it has been fun to hear Pastor Renee and Pastor Dave talking about the kingdom of God. It was one of the primary themes that this church was planted on. By that I mean I spent months, possibly a year or more, in the very beginning, just establishing the reality that we are about a kingdom. It's not even about church, it's about kingdom. And uh, they have done a very good job uh, of reminding us uh, that in reality, it's all about the king. And um, therefore, his kingdom becomes important. And we get the privilege of ministering in this realm and in the sphere of the kingdom. Renee has reminded us that it's not of this world, and it's not a worldly kingdom, and yet the kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdom of our Lord and Savior. And there is a transformation that is going on across the globe, whether we understand it or not. Pastor Dave reminded us that the kingdom of God is within us, and that we are actually carriers of the kingdom. And isn't that good to know? So it doesn't matter where you go, you bring the kingdom. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. Um, I would like you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew and chapter 25. I think very early on in in this series, Renee reminded us that it The kingdom is huge, the kingdom is massive, the kingdom is amazing, and there's no way that you can fully describe or capture or or summarize everything about the kingdom, because it is living and moving, and it's about people, and it's about the king of kings, and the lord of lords, and it's about heaven meeting earth, and all of that, and so in many ways, the kingdom of God, it is not an organization, it is an organism, and it is living, and moving, and breathing, and growing, so Jesus, even Jesus himself, when he walked on the earth, he found himself saying, well, the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is as if. The kingdom of God is to pull from natural uh, pictures the reality of an invisible kingdom. And we're going to do that this morning. We're going to look at um, Matthew chapter 25. Begin at verse 14. This will be familiar to many of you. It is the parable of the talents. And... um, So I want us to remember Jesus speaking, saying, okay, this is a part of what the kingdom is like. This isn't all, but this is, the kingdom is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one To each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. 
Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I know you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you know that I reap where I have not sown, and I gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. To everyone, to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he does have will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The kingdom of God is like... I think it's important that we understand that Jesus, in telling this parable concerning the kingdom, wasn't talking about money, even though talents was a silver uh, coin or an exchange system. In fact, when he uses the word the Lord's money, that term actually is silver. And although it can apply to that, that was not the intent with what he was saying. I want to suggest that what he was saying, that the kingdom is in the kingdom of God, everyone is given gifts, is given things. How many of you, when you came in this morning, were given a puzzle piece? Is there anybody in the room that doesn't have one, for whatever reason, did not get a puzzle piece? No one? Oh, let's hear it for our ushers. That is amazing. That is amazing. And I want you to notice that you did not pick it. It was given to you. And I just want to use an analogy this morning that the puzzle piece, by the way, one of the ushers, as soon as he realized what I was up to, made sure that I didn't pick my own. He gave it to me. So I got it right here in my shirt pocket. And the reality is that you and I were all given by the king of the kingdom gifts and talents. Many of us, uh, how can I say this? Before you and I were born again, we had the gifts that we have. 
by that we had natural giftings and talents and abilities. And uh, when you and I were born again, the life of the Spirit breathed life into that talent and made it profitable for the kingdom. I believe that in the world there are men and women who traffic in the psychic world who if they were came into the kingdom of God and were patient enough and allowed the character of the king to be developed within them, they would move very strongly in the prophetic. I believe that. I believe we have natural bents, and we need to understand that God chose us from the foundation of the world. We need to understand and remember the word tells us we were formed in our mother's womb to be the exact person that we are. We were put in the family that we ended up in, no matter how we ended up there. Whether it was good, bad, or ugly does not matter. The reality is that our whole life has been shaped and molded by the king of the kingdom for such a time as this. And he has given us talents and abilities. And my question to you this morning is simply this. What is your kingdom assignment? What is your peace? We're going to talk a little bit about that. I'll tell you some keys to discovering if you don't know. But I want, I want us to take us beyond uh, the story and the gospel to... A writing, the writings of the Apostle Paul that really addresses this head on. Turn with me to uh, Romans chapter 12. So it's under this banner of the, the kingdom of God is like. That we want to read Romans chapter 12 beginning at verse 1. To many of us a very familiar portion of scripture as well. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, he says, therefore, because the verse just above said, for of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Who's the him? The king of the kingdom. So, based on that, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Remember what Pastor Dave taught us a couple weeks ago. This body is, don't, in fact, the Apostle Paul said it. What? Don't you know your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? We are carriers of the kingdom. And that where the body goes, the kingdom goes. And he's saying... Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know that it's sometimes easier to be a dead sacrifice than a living one? It is. I mean, I haven't tried it, but... I mean, when you're dead, it's over. Freedom of choice is gone. But he said, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Why? Because I'm a carrier of gifts and talents and abilities that are for the sake of the kingdom. And I get to invest them. And get, guess where I get to invest them? In people. We get to invest in one another. And 
beyond these walls, we get to carry with us the kingdom of God and the nature of the king that's developing more and more all the time in our life. The Bible says it this way, we, we are in a constant state of being conformed to the image of God's dear son. Say this after me, I look more like the king than I did last year. I believe that's true. I believe we grow to be more and more like the king that we get to represent. So, which is your, uh, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Some translations say it's your reasonable worship. Your body belongs to him. You've been bought with a price. You're no longer your own. You're his. I have been, Paul said it this way, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. And now the life that I do live in this body, <laughs> Christ lives in me. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And do not be conformed to this world. Renee talked about that last week. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you might prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I think a fair translation of that phrase would be that you might use your talents well. That you might use well the peace that you've been given. It's just a peace. Say that after me. I've just got a peace. I know some of you want to know what the picture of the puzzle is not telling. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard what the Father has in store. It's the kingdom is a mystery and our part is a mystery and we don't fully know all that we do and all that we have. And, but the point is we do have a peace. Verse 3, for I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Everyone say measure of faith. I tell you this, the gift that God has given you, and by the way, you are the gift. You are the gift. You really are. You and I are a gift to one another. My wife, I know, is a gift to me. You are a gift to me. I, by the grace of God, I hope I'm a gift to you. We are a gift to the world because we're carriers of the gift. Now, we're not the source. But we are Jesus with skin on. We do represent the king. But we ought not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to, but in proportion or in keeping with the faith that we've been given. I find that many people think of themselves too lowly. Remember, you were given the peace that you play. You didn't choose it. Now, you can grow in it, but we must be careful that we do not uh, compare ourselves among ourselves. I tell you that every, all, everyone serving in this service this morning are all 
on equal ground, if you want to say it that way, as importance in doing what we're called to do. You don't, I only need to look back at the booth back there and know what their gifts are. And you say, yeah, well that's, no, wait a minute. Hold the phone, Joan. It's important. And our peace, whatever it is. By the way, parents, I'm just going to tell you, your kids got these too. In fact, there's probably a whole classroom of kids in there who are asking the teachers, what are these puzzle pieces? What are the If they, you can tell them. Tell them they have a peace to bringing the kingdom of God. See, our phrase, our, uh, title or theme this month is thy kingdom come my exhortation to us this morning is that we get to participate in the coming of the kingdom and then he lists some things and I do not my personal opinion I know some people take some liberties with the scripture and say well these are a certain standard of gift and then chapter 12 is a certain standard of gift I can't go there because I don't see that there. What I see is Paul just listing some gifts, but he doesn't list all the gifts. He doesn't list, list the gift that you are. I mean, he, he lists some headings, but my goodness, the body of Christ is just full of gifts. Yeah. Hospitality and, and things. And here's the deal. Sometimes we do not realize the significance of the peace we've been given because, well, let me read first, because there's another word. Not only have you received faith for the gift that you carry, but you've received one other thing. And other people don't have the same thing that you have. By the way, there is no two of these in the room that are the same. Not one. They might even possibly could be the same shape. I don't know. But I know they're not the same color. And they don't have the same markings. And they won't fit next to the right color at the right place at the right time. I know that. Because that's the way jigsaw puzzles work. And so it is with your gift. You are unique. There's no one like you. For I say through the grace, and here's what Paul is basically saying. I've been given a grace. And by the grace that was given to me, I tell you, don't get puffed up. It's basically what he's saying. Through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, do not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace. Everybody say grace. grace. Do you, here's, here's what I started to say, but I wanted to get to that passage first. Sometimes you flow in your gift 
And it comes so easy to you that you think that can't be it. That, that can't be it. If there are those here who have the gift of hospitality, can I just tell you that doesn't come to everybody? For those of you in the room who are musically gifted, can I just tell you not everybody's like that. Don't diminish the gift that you carry because it comes so easy. Of course it comes easy. You were born for it. You were made for it. You were fashioned for it. You were given a measure of faith for it. And you were given a grace to walk in it. Don't be amazed at... Uh, how easy it is, it's the call of God on your life. It's your kingdom assignment. And when, here's one way you can know when you're flowing in your kingdom assignment. I love doing this. I could do this for the rest of my life. I just love doing this. I feel the most alive when I do this. I come alive when I get to whatever. You know, there's, there, there is an excitement. Why? Because there's such a grace on it. There's such a faith on it because you were fashioned and formed for it. By the way, our kingdom assignment can change as we grow in our gift. But the reality is that there's always that accompanying grace. Here's what I believe. I believe in Revelations where it says, return to your first love. I believe that part of what is being talked about there is not just your love for Jesus, but it's the th everything that was new to you at your um, introduction into Christianity and into the born-again experience. All the things that were precious to you returned to them. I have found if I go through a dry season in my life, i got to go back to my roots. Because when I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, he took an average student and made me a student of the Bible by grace. By his faith, not mine. His grace, not mine. His calling, not mine. And so if you find that there are things that just come easy to you and you think they're insignificant, I want you to consider it may be a kingdom assignment that has so much grace attached to it. And I would encourage you. In fact, that's what the Apostle Paul did. Let's read it. Having then gift, uh, gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And I believe he could go on and on and on. I don't believe that's just a list of whatever number is listed there. He could go on and on and on with activities that you and I get to engage in as we use our gift. 
that we have been given. I instructed the ushers uh, gently. (laughs) I don't like that word. I didn't tell them what to do. I asked them to make sure that you were given the peace. You didn't pick it. Sometimes we struggle a little bit because we want a, we want a peace that's not ours. And we see someone else moving in a peace uh, with their peace and we say, oh, I want to do that. Well, you may or you may not. One of the hardest things for me to see is people who go to a ministry school and then are frustrated all of their life. Because they feel like they never get the chance to use what they were given. And that's, and that's a misconception and that's a lie. They can use it. But they use it in proportion to their faith. They use it in proportion to their calling and their grace. One of the, well, I want to read a quote to you. I read it a couple months ago, and I want to go after it again because it is such a lie. Here's what we have a tendency to feel. Many of you use your kingdom grace gift in your vocation, and you don't use it here at church. You use it at work. And we have a tendency, and it is a religious spirit, and I hate it, that there is a difference between that which is secular and that which is sacred, and it's a lie. Everything I give myself to is sacred because I am sacred, and I am set apart for my father's business. And what you do as a vocation, I, I can guarantee you, is orchestrated for God by God, and He will lead you to use your grace gift, to use your kingdom. In fact, in many places, the marketplace is your kingdom assignment. It is your sphere. It is your place to let the light shine and to, and to be salty. I read this quote last month, or whenever it was, a few months ago, and I'm going to read it again. A.W. Tozer. It is not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular, but rather why he does it. And the motive with which you and I give ourselves to, many of you know, I, I uh, am on staff part-time here, and the, the team has been gracious enough to let me go away for four months so we can spend time with our children and grandchildren in Florida. We're involved in ministry there. We had a Bible study there this year. We had a heaven class how to get to heaven, make a reservation, and confirm it. And anyway, uh, but in addition to what I do here, I work part-time at the apartment building we live in, and I do maintenance and all that, and I can't imagine not doing that. We do a church service there as well, but I get to rub shoulders with people, and I get to put into practice what I preach for years, because here's one of the core values here at Living Waters. We believe everyone is a minister. And I get to be a minister there. And I don't wear a badge that says Pastor Bob. I wear a badge that says, come and unplug the toilet, Bob. (laughs) I'm serious. Or take out the trash, Bob. 
And there's times when it's tedious, but the reality is I get to serve people. I get to be light in a place. Uh, we, by far, are probably the healthiest people in the building. So there's, and I get to, even in our church service, remind them that they're going home soon and make sure they have reservations. But the reality is, but, but even I just, we, but we do it as unto the Lord. Whatsoever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it as unto the Lord. Unto thee, O Lord, I lift up this snow. Unto thee, O Lord. It's worship. Remember what we read, Romans chapter 12. It's my reasonable worship to give my body, to present it holy and acceptable. Why do I say that? Because, here's my point. What I'm going to do tomorrow morning, I'll tell you what I'm going to do tomorrow morning around 6.30. I'm going to go around the halls and pick up trash that was left outside people's doors. And that is as sacred as what I'm doing here this morning. That's my point. That is my point. We need to understand that everything we give ourselves to is sacred. So you, you, many of you carry out your kingdom assignment out there in your everyday lives. And it is significant. Why? Because the kingdom is coming through you there. One of the things that we must be careful of is that we don't get judgmental of people who don't have the same peace we do. The reason they don't have the same peace they do, you do. The, same, the reason they're not like you is because one of you is enough. That's all we can handle. But we can be uniquely us. And we shouldn't expect others to be like us, nor should we try to be like others. We should be ourselves. Dr. Seuss coming up. You are you. It's truer than true. There's no one alive that's youer than you. It's profound if we'll catch it. It gives us the liberty to be comfortable in our own skin and to be our own quirky selves. And, and do I grow and improve as a version of me? Yes, but I'm still me. And you are still you. And the more comfortable we can becoming us, becoming who we are, the more fruitful we'll be in the kingdom for the glory of the king. Whatsoever you do, whether in word or in deed, do in the name Jesus Christ, all for the glory of God the Father. I want to encourage you in what you carry. I want to encourage you not to compare yourselves among yourselves. What you have is significant. If you don't know what your kingdom assignment is, I encourage you to get before the king and ask him. And I would encourage you to consider, what are you good at? What do you love to do? What have people told you? You know, sometimes, uh, I know this is true for me, when the prophets 
first started prophesying some things over me, I thought, yeah, well, I bet you go everywhere and say that to the senior pastor. But I found out they don't. And I've had to catch up with and accept what God says and what God says my peace is. And I think we all do in some ways. And we, yes, do we grow into it? Absolutely, we grow into it. Let's stand together. I'm going to lead, with your permission, I'm going to lead you in a declaration. Just say this after me, and I can tell you where we're going before we get there so you don't start reluctantly. We're just going to make a declaration, and we're declaring it to ourselves and to the atmosphere and to the adversary. By the way, you and I have an adversary that would love to convince you your gift is not significant, would love to convince you your life does not count. Liar, liar, pants on fire. So if you're comfortable with it, just repeat after me. Father God, I thank you that you gave me a gift to serve the king. Help me to discover that gift, to grow in it, and to be more fruitful throughout his kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. By the way, the kingdom of God is bigger than this church. It's bigger than the church of this city. It's bigger. The kingdom of God. Some of, there are people in this room who have parachurch organizations. That's kingdom. letting it soak in. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.